G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, good to check in with Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hey Greg, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here as usual. Greg, first of all, let's focus on what's happening in Victoria. A bill to decriminalise sex work in Victoria, it's been introduced uh, what's your impression here? Yeah, I spoke about this in August, uh, Neil, and uh, where the government was then asking for feedback, which it claims it now has, and as a result of that feedback, it has now introduced the Sex Work Discrimination Bill 2021. Now, Neil, this is a real, real issue for all women in Australia, but in particular Victoria here. The bill will now decriminalise consexual sex work between adults, abolish uh, the sex work, licensing system and regulate sex work for businesses. In other words, it will regulate it through uh, organisations, regulators such as WorkSafe, Health, Local Government and the Gaming and Liquor Regulation. So these are interesting pieces of additions to the legislation. Now, the real issue here is, Neil, that, look, let's be clear. The easing of restrictions around sex work will make it easier for men to pay, to abuse and degrade women and, of course, fund criminal activity through prostitution. This is bad legislation, Neil. Well, it's not like this is something new, Greg. I mean, there are thousands of years of accounts of how bad uh, Mm. prostitution can affect a society. And uh, and so the idea of uh, selling sex becoming mainstream, what they're trying to do in Victoria, just goes against every grain of anyone who has any thought about the stability of a family. Uh, Give us your insights here into, into how this bill might look uh, because there's uh, the new bill actually repeals an old one. Yeah, the bill repeals the Sex Work Act of 1994 now and, and you have to question the moral compass of some of the MPs that propose th- this sort of legislation. I mean, most MPs, if I am correct, would not want their daughter or their wives to, to allow them to, to be, uh, you know, subjected to prostitution so why would you then promote such a such an act uh, through legislation i mean the facts are and here these are uh, confirmed by various studies overseas that prostitutes are often brutalized they are physically assaulted they are raped and undergo post-traumatic stress disorder not to mention relying on drugs they also show the survey also shows that they they are maltreated, and uh, and 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 it makes a real mockery of the fact that sex trafficking is a growing business which we're totally opposed to, and legalising uh, this sort of legislation just makes sex trafficking a even more uh, pronounced uh, activity. Um, and now you have to go to their website, the government's website, to have a laugh because they say that it's a myth that sex work is demeaning. Uh, uh, people are selling their bodies. They reckon that's a myth. Well, and they're saying that, no, it's, it's a myth because, in actual fact, 
women are only selling a service. Well, what's the difference? And then finally they say, sex work leads to uh, sex trafficking. That's not true. This is what they're trying to tell us, that sex work is voluntary and consensual. What a load of nonsense. People, women, have been, you know, abducted and they've been forced into prostitution. Now, this is terrible, and we need to pray for all women forced into this demeaning work. We might even ask, Greg, what is changing a law like this, saying to our daughters and to our granddaughters about what their lives, about what their careers or what their expected relationships might Mm. become? I mean, uh, you've got to shake your head. This one is very, very hard to believe that it's happening, but it is happening in Victoria. Mm. Uh, wonder whether what sort of campaigns have you got happening to try and uh, lobby here and uh, to alert our listeners today how they can participate. Uh, what have you got planned? Yeah, well, Neil, the, the issue is that it has gone into, it has been introduced. The only thing we can do at this stage is to make sure that the next uh, Victorian state election, people make this known that they want this bill repealed uh, uh, and, and or amended, but <laughs> repeal would be the ideal option. And let the politicians know your sentiment. Because, you know, we hear of Parliament, you know, oh, men are abusing women and, you know, we've got to make sure that the women are protected. Well, hang on. Isn't this somewhat contradictory? If you want to protect it, don't have this sort of legislation introduced. So really, now we've got to question the moral compass of the MPs in Victoria. Okay. Hey, Greg, the Religious Freedom Bill or the Religious Discrimination Bill, it's getting closer and closer. Things are hotting up. Uh, what are your impressions about where things are at? Well, I have to tell you, you know, from my uh, talking uh, to people uh, from Family Voice, from politics, from my uh, local electorate, and indeed with uh, some Christian leaders, this will be an election issue for Christian organisation and individuals coming next year. The issue, Neil, is that the, that the deadline for the religious, religious Freedom Bill will be introduced at the end of this month, hopefully, or early next month. But our discussions with the Attorney-General's offices, that will come later this month. Now, we have a real issue here, Neil, because this was something that was promised by the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Surveys, all sorts of surveys that we've come across, show that people are supporting protections for religious institutions, for workers, and for workers in particular who make faith statements outside of their of their work hours. Uh, not only that, there is support for re- religious hospitals, the right to refuse to perform abortions, euthanasia, and also for schools to hire only people of faith. So there's a real pent-up demand for a bill, but there are issues now. Okay, now you're wanting, it's not too late, for listeners today to be in touch with their local federal MPs because the Attorney-General, Michaelia Cash, uh, there's a final draft that's being prepared now. This is a pretty significant time to be putting a little bit of pressure on our MPs, isn't it, Greg? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, once, once the, the final draft is uh, released... Uh, what will happen is I think the, it, it, what will happen is it'll be up for again uh, representation from the public, from from institutions, Christian institutions, and, and others as well, to make sure that this bill is both not only acceptable but a workable religious freedom bill. Now we have a lot of the LGBTI uh, groups out there opposing it. Of course they would. You know we've we've seen Israel Folau, we've seen other issues come up. We've got to make sure now that people of faith, mums and dads, 
make representation to their uh, uh, federal MPs to say, look, this bill has to be workable and acceptable to all Australians, in particular those of faith, Neil. If we were speculating here for a moment, Greg, the timing of the release of this religious discrimination bill uh, before the next election, but close enough for it to become a campaign issue, do you think that religious freedom is going to be one of those things that the government will be looking for a Christian vote if it takes the side of religious freedom, uh, or it'll be repelling the Christian vote if it takes the side of uh, what probably is more the LGBT side of this. Uh, any thoughts here on the timing and the fact that there's an election coming? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I've, I've spoken to both the Coalition and the Labor Party. In particular, I spoke to the Attorney-General in the Labor Party um, about a year ago. Look, both parties are committed so they say, to providing protections for Australians of faith. Now, if that's the case, Neil, then this has got to be an issue of, of, of concern and one that both parties will protect. In particular, I'm in discussions with Anthony Albanese's office at the moment on what their view is towards the bill and can we get some guidelines as to what their approach will be. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I've got some very good feedback from Anthony, uh, Anthony Albanese's office, and in particular, I'll be talking to some particular MPs on this issue in about a week, and I'll, and I'll mention it later. But the point is, both parties are committed to it, so it will be an issue, and both parties should make sure that they, 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 they make this an issue for their benefit, because as you well know, uh, Bill Shorten made a big error by ignoring the Christian vote in the last election. Yes, and there's a special clause which is a very important part of what needs to be included in the bill, and it's called the Falau Clause. Mm. It's uh, this uh, uh, concept of uh, allowing employee to employees to be able to make their own statements and social media or wherever they're making those statements on their own time, on their own uh, platforms, uh, but uh, keeping them from being sacked by their employer because what they're believing in private uh, may be different to what an employer might hold, but there needs to be the freedom for people to believe what they want to believe and to be able to say what they want to say. So this Falau Clause, it's going to be a very, very important ingredient, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, surveys have shown that around about 70% of Australians support legal protections for people that want to make a statement outside of their working hours. Now, there is support for that, and the government can't ignore that. So, you know, I don't care what the LGBTIQA groups want to say, you know, they're only a minority and a very small minority at that. Let's now, for a change, start to look after the majority of Australians now. Well, if you can't believe what you want to believe, even if you want to believe the wrong thing, there is no freedom. And so the whole nation is under a real pressure here around this religious discrimination bill mm. and uh, the expectation that uh, we'll see some good things there that will maintain religious freedom. Hey, uh, just quickly, yep. uh, before I let you go, Greg, uh, youth and religion. There's been a survey out of the United States, uh, a little yep. bit of disturbing detail that's come out of this survey. Oh, yeah, I'm really concerned about this because um, I'm actually doing a program next year on... Uh, on targeting youth because we really need to target them if we're going to change the culture and the politics of this country, Neil. And this survey came out by a Christian organisation called Springtide Research 
um, and it's very disturbing. In point of fact, what the research has indicated, and, that, and, and, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be any different in Australia, is that, that Generation Z are facing uncertainty and they are not turning to religion for answers. In point of fact, only 10% of young people in the survey said that a faith leader actually reached out to them during the pandemic, whilst only 15% turned to faith leaders in times of uncertainty. uncertainty. Now, Neil, where are the, the leaders of the church, the pastors? They should be reaching out. I'm not saying some aren't, but they should be reaching out to the youth because there are real issues here with suicide, drugs, and an important fact, Neil, you'll love this, that Christian youth are, the, are facing the greatest challenges in our country of today um, as opposed to, you know, other sectors of the youth community. <clears throat> now, well, let's broaden that a moment yep. because it is uh, easy to beat up on the pastor uh, for not connecting with the youth, but there's something here as a shared responsibility for anyone who's in church life who has any contact with young people. And I think you're talking about ages 13 to 25 years here yeah. and, and the need for some guidance by trusted adults and the opportunity that has been there with COVID and that still is there with COVID and maybe is going to be very, very uh, significant in tough days ahead, this is a time to be yeah. making sure we connect with young people, all of us. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and my statement about the past is a rhetorical comment in the sense that I'm sure they're working with it, but more needs to be done because one in three young people feel completely alone and what happens when you're alone and depressed? Suicide is an issue. And here we are introducing voluntary assisted dying bills when we've got youth out there that are real um, threats to themselves by way of suicide. Now, here are the issues that are facing the, the, the youth of today, in particular Christian youth. Number one, they have problems living out their faith. They have a problem living in an anti-Christian culture, sexual Sexual purity is an issue for them. Self-image is an issue. Divorce and family issues is an issue. Now, here's one that I really want to highlight. Absence of a father figure. And, and, and this one, negative media influence. These are all issues that our Christian youth are facing. But isn't it interesting, Neil? Absence of a father figure. So there's real messages there for the churches, for families, and for individuals uh, who know of youth. You know, here's some ways we can help them. And here are the issues that they're facing. Wise for us never to brush away just how difficult it is in the battle that we're in. There's a lot of dimensions to this battle and you can't let your guard down for a moment. In fact, you've got to assertively mm-hmm. engage in this battle in a very, very significant way. Hey, Greg, uh, Family Voice has a publication, Five Ways Christian Youth Can Influence Culture. Where do they get a hold of that? Yeah, look, please go to our website and just do a search under publication because this is a fantastic little document, Neil. It highlights the way that Christian youth can influence culture. It's available from um, Family Voice. It's free, but something for churches, for mums and dads and individuals to download and just have a look at what we're saying on how even youth can influence culture uh, in today's secular world. And you've got a webinar coming up on the 25th of October. Uh, you've got, uh, is that, that's all going ahead, uh, Bettina Arndt and Dr. Kevin Donnelly. Yeah, I've just spoken to Kevin Donnelly, actually, and he's, uh, he's got a lovely new book coming out, and maybe you'd want to interview him, uh, Neil, because it's on, um, uh, again, does, do we need a 
God. Uh, excellent pub, a book that's coming out. But uh, next week we've got Bettina Rant and Kevin Donald because I have to say to you, one of the biggest issues we face in Australia today and worldwide in particular is this cancel culture, wokeness, but in particular political correctness gone mad. It has an impact on our church, our family, and ourselves as in the workplace at home. So it's going to be a great little webinar, and we're going to hear how can we make sure that we oppose political correctness that has gone mad now. Uh, wonderful stuff and uh, yes we'll make an invitation to Kevin Donnelly he's been my guest many times and uh, what a great uh, communicator he is Uh, Greg Bondar Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT the webinar coming up uh, no doubt you'll get details of how you can register to be a part of that at familyvoice.org.au or access that document on young people familyvoice.org.au Greg Bondar thanks so much for joining us today on 2020 Thank you, Neil, and all blessings. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.